There's no secret formula for scaling support and boosting customer satisfaction. But there is the all-new service hub from HubSpot, bringing service and support together in one powerful platform so you can deliver the best experiences possible and free up reps' time with an AI-powered help desk. Also, you can keep customers happy. Secrets out. Service Hub is a game changer. Visit HubSpot.com service to learn more. What's going on, everyone? It's Wednesday, January 18th. I'm Zachary Crockett here with Rob Litterst, and you're listening to The Hustle Daily Show. Today, there's some serious stuff going down at the happiest place on earth, or uh, I guess the company behind the happiest place on earth. An activist investor is not pleased with Disney, and he's trying to shake things up in a big way at the company. We're going to break down that whole situation for you. But first, I'm going to pass it over to Rob for a look at what else is going on in tech and business today. Thanks, Zach. And first up, we have Hinge, which is one of the several dating apps owned by the Match Group and I believe evolved from Facebook. It was that dating app that basically connected you to connections of friends on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Pretty novel concept. I think it's done pretty well. But Hinge is testing a $50 to $60 plan for quote unquote motivated daters, the people that really, (laughs) really want to meet somebody. That money will get you increased exposure on the app, and the company hopes a growing base of Gen Z users will pony up for it. Match is also gauging interest in a $500 per month plan for Tinder that would provide similar benefits. Damn, love (laughs) is getting pricey out there. (laughs) It really is. (laughs) In what is probably the first of many lawsuits targeting AI companies, Getty Images is suing Stability AI for unlawfully scraping millions of images from its site. That case is unfolding in the London courts, and it may have interesting implications for how AI tools are fed media and information going forward. 988, the new $1 billion suicide and crisis lifeline, saw 1.7 million calls in its first five months. That's 500,000 more than the old 10-digit number did in the same time period a year ago. Wait times also dropped from three minutes to 36 seconds, which is great news all around. Mm -hmm. Roblox stock popped on news that its December daily active user count rose 18% year over year to 61.5 million. Hours engaged rose 21% to 4.7 billion. And bookings rose as much as 20% to $439 million. Some good numbers for the company in the midst of an economic downturn and proof that maybe this metaverse thing actually is something. Apple announced its new MacBooks will feature M2 Pro and M2 Max chips with graphic speeds 30% faster than their M1 chips. And lastly, HBO's The Last of Us drew 4.7 million viewers in its opening weekend, the network's second biggest streaming premiere behind House of the Dragon, its Game of Thrones spinoff. And speaking of HBO, the situation at Disney reminded me of another HBO show where proxy battles are par for the course, Succession. (laughs) Zach, what the heck is going on at Disney? All right. This thing is very Succession-like. You're definitely right there, Rob. Something Logan Roy would feel comfortable in. It really is. Proxy battle. So buckle in. (laughs) Uh, The TLDR here basically is that this activist investor named Nelson Peltz, he wants to restore the magic at Disney. So last week, he revealed this sort of grand scheme to launch a proxy battle for a seat on Disney's board. He's arguing that Disney has just totally lost its way. It's a financial wreck, and he wants to come in and shift things up a bit. 
So this is basically like the rap battle equivalent of <laughs> securities filings, right? So yeah, yeah. Who, who is this guy, Peltz, and why is he coming for Disney so hard? Yeah, who is this guy? Right? All right, this guy, I, I had never heard of him before this saga. Apparently, he's a billionaire businessman, investor. He's the founding partner of this thing called Tryon Fund Management. So it's this activist investment firm based in New York City. He's on a ton of boards. This guy is a non-executive chairman at Wendy's Company, Cisco, the Madison Square Garden Company. He's a former director at H.J. Hines Company, Mondelez International. And there's one thing this guy really loves to do, and that is to start proxy battles. So that's a lot of really interesting context. And honestly, I feel like it's the billionaires that you've never heard of that are the scariest. Uh, yep. Yep. The ones that stay in the shadows. Right. You have no idea what's going on mm -hmm. in the head of pelts. But I think for our listeners, can you explain what a proxy battle is? Like that's the type of phrase that you hear, but you might not necessarily know exactly what it means, right? Yeah. So the general public might not know about Peltz, but in sort of insider corporate circles, he's a very well-known figure. A proxy fight is basically when a group of shareholders in a company sort of joins forces and they attempt to overthrow the current norm at that company and win a corporate vote. And Peltz, he's done a lot of these things before. He's waged successful proxy fights against Procter & Gamble and Heinz in the past. Those are enormous companies. He lost an attempted sort of corporate coup against DuPont. And now he's setting his sights on Disney. So last week, he started this battle to put himself on the Disney board. And he said that the company's in crisis. It urgently needs to be shaken up. And his firm took out a $900 million stake in Disney. And they're basically seeking to ratchet up that amount of money even more possibly and go after some real meaningful corporate change. So what's interesting about this whole situation to me is I have not really read anything that made me feel like Disney is a company in crisis, right? Like right, right. I feel like I've been hearing about Netflix going downhill and kind of running out of runway with subscribers. Mm -hmm. So they're launching this kind of haphazard advertising offering that I think from early reports back hasn't been as smooth as they <laughs> might've wanted. Yeah. I didn't realize Disney was really in dire straits here. I mean, I know people complained a bit about Bob Chapek yep, and yep. his management style, but what is Peltz arguing here? Like, what is his rationale for this argument? Yeah. So, you know, back in November, Bob Chapek was ousted after a variety of what people perceived to be corporate shortcomings. Bob Iger, the ex CEO, was rehired. And so they've been through a little turmoil at the top of the food chain. But basically, Peltz's argument boils down to the fact that he claims Disney stock has underperformed the S&P 500. It's overpaid executives. It's failed to craft sort of a successful SEO succession plan. And really, it's eroded shareholder value with its $71 billion purchase of 21st Century Fox back in 2019. And, and what Peltz wants here, what, what he wants to see is... He wants Disney to really revamp its streaming business, and he wants it to focus on profit growth. He wants it to reinstate its dividend and sort of clean up the company's messy succession planning. Okay, so I kind of understand his argument. I'm guessing that Bob Iger is not super excited about this and probably disagrees. Bob Iger strongly disagrees. Yeah. Well, first of all, Disney has his back. It says Bob Iger has a very strong record of financial and creative success. 
And Disney also sort of used Peltz's own argument against him. They said, you know, look, since 2005, Disney has actually outperformed the S&P 500, 554% to 244%. Sheesh. And Disney really punched back at Peltz publicly here. They said, Nelson Peltz does not understand Disney's business. He lacks the skills and experience to assist the board in delivering shareholder value. Blah, 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 blah. They go on and, you know, they released a pretty inciting quote back against Peltz and they're not going to sit back and let this happen easily. Yeah, it's funny. Like one of the things that I think they argue here is that he doesn't understand Disney's business and doesn't really have any experience in media and technology, Mm -hmm. which I think you can't really like get a total feel for Disney's business without being in it, right? Like Disney is kind of its own behemoth. Oh, it's crazy. But the guy is a board member at the Madison Square Garden Company, which is kind of like a mini Disney. The Madison Square Garden Company owns Madison Square Garden, the stadium Mm -hmm. where the Knicks play, the Rangers play, Mm -hmm. hosts a ton of concerts. They own Radio City Music Hall. They own a bunch of other theaters. They spun off all their sports assets. So they owned like regional television networks Hmm. and stuff like that as well. So he has had involvement with another company that is kind of like a media conglomerate. So I'm not really sure how much validity they have there. But I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with the numbers that they presented there. I mean, they doubled the S&P 500's performance since 2005. Sure, that's an interesting point. I didn't realize the Madison Square Garden company was a behemoth in its own right. Right. It's funny because, you know, the Knicks get a ton of crap because James Dolan, their owner, is a horrible sports owner. But (laughs) I think for all intents and purposes, he's actually done a pretty decent job steering the company. Uh, I I think he's an executive chairman at this point, no longer the CEO. But yeah, they've done some pretty cool stuff for sure. And they've kind of got their hands in a lot. Sure. So the big question here is, can Peltz pull this off? Is this going to be a success like he had with Mondelez or is it going to be a failure like he had with DuPont? And some experts are saying that they think he has a pretty good shot because investor confidence and sentiment in Disney is a little soured right now, just given the shakeup and sort of some of the uncertainty heading into 2023. And also just broader economic concerns that are sort of railing all the uh, big companies in the S&P 500. Peltz has a few things in his favor here. One is that he's got an inside man, this guy named Ike Perlmutter. Yeah, it's quite a name. (laughs) He's this 80-year-old dude. He uh, has been described as irrational, which you never want somebody uh, (laughs) to to be at the uh, board table who you can describe as irrational, I feel like. Right. And this guy, even though he's irrational, he has quite some sway at Disney because he's the chairman of Marvel Entertainment. Right. That brings in a lot of cash for the company. He's also a really big Disney shareholder in his own right. He has been longtime friends with Peltz for quite a while. And it sounds like he might have some bad blood. I think Iger kind of scaled back his influence over the Marvel Cinematic Mm -hmm. Universe and kind of handed some of that over to Kevin Feige. Exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a great connection for Peltz to have. The second thing in his favor is that Disney, you know, has actually had a successful shareholder revolt before. Back in 2004, Roy E. Disney, the nephew of Walt Disney himself, actually led a successful ousting of Michael D. Eisner as Disney's chief executive. Wow. <laughs> so That is wild. Yeah. And granted, that case, you know, it's a little different because you have the Disney name attached to it. And, uh, right. you know, having the Disney name attached is going to get you a little extra sway. 
A little extra swag in the room. I don't know what the situation was back in 2004, but if you have Roy E. Disney on that side, it sounds like some people in the company were fine with ousting Eisner. Sure. In this situation, it kind of feels like the company is with Iger mm-hmm. and is not exactly as open to it. <laughs> but I don't know. This guy, Nelson yeah. Pelt, sounds like a real curmudgeon. He's a sound- shark, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Disney might have some yeah. hard times on their hands. But you're right, though. Iger is very beloved. And uh, even though investor sentiment might be a little less uh, excited than usual. I think generally Iger has a lot of support both within Disney and in the broader market. He's just one of those legendary CEOs. Totally. So I, yeah. And honestly, it feels like weird timing for Pelts to do this, like with Iger just taking back over. I kind of get what he's saying mm-hmm. around like the CEO succession plan since it didn't really work out with Bob Chapek. But yeah, yeah. I mean, he didn't bring this, at least I don't think he brought this up like three or four years ago when Iger is in the midst of crushing it at Disney. So it kind of feels no, like strange no. timing. I don't know. I kind of feel like Disney's going to overrule this yeah. because of the timing and because of how important this exact moment in time is for the company to get back on track. Yeah. Why didn't he do this when Chapek was kind of struggling last fall? Right. It have been a good time to sort of preemptively step in and be a voice of reason in the room. And now that you have Iger back in the seat, it is a little harder to make that argument and fight right. against one of the legends in the industry. I don't know. Maybe he just wants one more big fight. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, man. We'll see. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks for tuning into the Hustle Daily Show. We're a proud part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. Our editor today is Robert Hartwig, and our executive producer is Darren Clark. We've got a lot more tech and business coverage in our newsletter. And if you're not subscribed, you can go get yourself signed up at hustle.co slash email. Catch you all tomorrow. Hey, everybody. I got a great podcast to tell you about. It's called Truth, Lies, and Work. And it's brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. On this show, you can join husband and wife team Alan, Leanne, Elliot as they dispel myths, impart wisdom, and answer all your questions about finding, keeping, and motivating great people. They actually just did an episode with John Smith, who is the manager and agent of famous Argentinian soccer player Diego Maradona. He talks about in this episode how he was able to manage the global superstar athlete celebrity that Maradona is and was. It's a great listen. You better get out there and check it out. And you can listen to Truth, Lies, and Work wherever you get your podcasts.